from China and Germany, from France and England, from Russia and the United States. The world's deadliest assassins have joined forces for a single sinister purpose. Who brought them together and why? I brought them together to destroy the most dangerous man in the world. That incredible idiot. That stumbling, bumbling menace to society. Inspector. You ass interrogative, you're out of my face. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Wow, uh, stumbling, bumbling idiot. Usually I spend a lot of time coming up with great intros and, and suggesting terrific edits. Uh, I had nothing to do with this week's, and I think I will find the time to uh, come up with something every time. That's all it took? That was... Just one you didn't like? That's wow. all it took? Thanks. Thanks for all the love. That's... Uh, You're welcome. Mark Fellhauer, Agent Provocateur. That's what I'm Saboteur. here for, my man. It's, uh, wow. When the, when the cat's away, <laughs> the rats... We'll edit. Oh, now we're rats. And uh, no, not 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 you. Just 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 Mark. But uh, you're more of a possum. You just kind of light comes on and you sit there. Oh, thank you. By the way, this space launch with William Shatner does it look CGI? Do you, Mark? Yeah, that won't be old by the time the show's over. <laughs> no, so, no, seriously. It's old now. None of these are real, are they? Can I just go a little lunar lunar uh, conspiracy Looney? here? Yeah, yeah. Well, you saw that documentary with O.J. Simpson, Capricorn One, right, where they faked the moon. Capricorn One, nice That's reference. It is a good reference. That was, Dennis that Miller. That was a documentary, right? Yeah, Dennis Miller. You remember another unfunny white guy? Okay, well, it's, uh, <laughs> that makes two of you. Um, so, uh, except he has a thesaurus and he knows something about Aeschylus. Yeah, but does he know anything about life? You take the escalator. I don't know. He's from Pittsburgh, but he's he's the he's the most uh, faux intellectual. The the worst thing Dennis Miller ever did, besides uh, share his political views, was try and get in the Monday Night Football booth. That's right. I forgot. It, about it looks that. it looks like Ben Roethlisberger looks. He looks like Hannibal by trying way, to lead his troops into Carthage. By the way, it's speaking like, of yeah, speaking of great. football, you were mocking me six seven weeks ago for thinking the Wolverines were going to get nine wins. What do you what do you think now? Uh, they may get nine wins. They may. It's possible. Yeah, but I think last year you said they'd go undefeated. So I, I'm not uh, sure I ever said that. But that's I'm going okay. on a trip. You Look, said you said they'd get nine wins last year too. People that aspire to comedy like to exaggerate, and I understand it's one of the it's one of the <laughs> tools in your bag, so to speak, a very small bag. But uh, you know, so I don't blame you. Well, I, I, listen, I'm willing to take I'm willing to take lessons because I read your stuff and it's pure comedy. So you are the master. You are the Dave Chappelle of uh, this comedic troupe. Yeah, no, I'm I'm You're nothing. The Keegan Michael Key. I'm nothing. As Frank Langella said, you are the Dave, rich little. As Frank Langella said, in Dave, I am a uh, a blip, a lint, nothing, zilch. Okay. Well, at least we've agreed on something today. <laughs> um, and, and and here's something we can all agree on: that we have a special guest, Mr. Greg Bowens, a longtime political. Uh, I'm going to say figure. Some would say provocateur, a guy who says what he has to say, even when people say, "Greg." You shouldn't have said that. And Greg says, but that's what I have to say. So I said it. And he is the, uh, the principal 
the CEO and I think also the accountant and the uh, head custodian for Bowens and Company, where he it's a it's a full service communications firm, and he's joining us to talk a little bit about a big debate coming up on the east side, some issues with Detroit politics, and something that may seem a little dry, but is actually one of the most important things happening in Michigan, which is where the hell are you going to vote in 2022? The districts are being redrawn, and I think it's not overly dramatic to say that the fate of our state politics hang in the balance. Who's going to be in control? Where are we going to go? It's it's some pretty heady stuff, but we're going to try and cut through that uh, without getting too wonky and and trying to be as funky as we can possibly be. So, Greg, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, first, I want to tell you about somebody else that's doing uh, some good stuff out there, full service as well. That's Roy O'Brien Ford. You can buy a new car, a used car. You can lease a car. You can sell your used car. They got used cars on the lot. They have brand new cars. They basically do everything you need with a car. They can service it, sell it. I think they even wash it. That's how good they are. To find out more, go to Roy O'Brien Ford. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. When you give them a call, tell them that ML sent you because they will take care of you just like they take care of me and my family. My mom bought fire engine red ford focus where i know i keep talking about it but uh but we keep borrowing it so i gotta i gotta keep giving mom uh, this is this is one of those in-kind promotion things if you want to borrow it, just call my mom her phone number is no we better not mom mom's already mad at me uh so so greg um we had a late night last night talking about this big debate coming up on Thursday, and I realize by the time a lot of people hear this show, the debate will be over. Folks, we'll make it easy for people to find that debate at ml4detroit.com. But while I've covered debates for 30 years, presidential debates, school board debates, local, national, big, small, I have never been a participant in a debate as a candidate. And it's, uh, it's pretty weird, dude. It's pretty weird. Well, it can be pretty weird. I mean, you know, that's uh, you're standing before people telling them what you think and how you feel about things that are important to them. And I think one of the things that's really important to remember whenever you're in a debate is that you are not just talking to the people in the audience, but you're also talking to the people who may be watching or listening and uh, don't have a feel for, you know, what's happening in the room. I mean, we see that a lot with presidential debates, you know. And it's part of the reason why they you may see somebody get up and wander to a person that's asking the question, in part because they are trying to demonstrate to the cameras, as you know, that they're making a connection to the person that's uh, asking the question and vis-a-vis making a connection to the people at home who may be watching. So this is not necessarily a debate that's going to be on Channel 4, but it is uh, sponsored in part by um, uh, Bridge Detroit. And, and, and so we can expect for it to, to get around, if you know what I mean. So this would be another occasion that I won't be on channel four. So that's a, that's a whole nother story. My, my time over at WDIV, but, um, but you know, as we get ready for this, you know, I think the question that, that, that I think everybody who's ever participated in one of these things, even if you're just doing it as a student in class is, uh, you know, you don't want to screw up. I mean, what, what, what are the dangers that people going in debates need to be mindful of? The dangers is coming off as a jerk. You know, that's one of the big, Uh-oh. big dangers with anything because people generally don't remember everything that you say, but they do remember how you said it. 
and how they felt after you said it. And so it's really important to uh, to remember that. And that's a big danger because a gaffe at a debate can haunt you uh, for the rest of your election time and sometimes even into even into office. If you remember, I can't remember the guy's name. He was the head of the Democratic Party and he did the screen. Ah, Howard, Howard Dean. Howard Dean. Howard Dean. And I think he yeah. was coming to Michigan. Yeah. That was one of his stops. <laughs> So you're telling me uh, I shouldn't say I'm coming to Morningside. I'm coming to Cornerstone Village. I'm coming to Yorkshire Woods. I'm coming to Denby. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> Probably don't want to do that. <laughs> but that wasn't a debate. He was just there. We go. He was just trying to rile up the troops in that case. But uh, well, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, you're a TV guy. You've been on TV a lot. You know that you know these things can live with you well beyond your initial appearance. Along those, those along those lines, obviously you prep for the material and, and, and the, the actual issues being debated, but do you prep like what you're going to wear in your hairstyle since people are watching? I mean, when you think of Kennedy and Nixon, people that saw it on TV had a vastly different opinion. Oh, the makeup. Yeah. Big I mean, do, do you prepare for that ML or Greg? I mean, do you prepare people? Yeah, she, Greg, what do I, do I put makeup on? <sighs> Should I should I wear my campaign T-shirt or should I come you know, in a you suit? Probably do something to cover that big, big, giant forehead. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been it's been great having Greg on today. Uh... <laughs> well, it's like anything else, you know uh, how how you look and where you are when you're saying what you're saying is almost as important as what you're saying. And so, yeah, you do have to uh, uh, prepare for that kind of thing. Now, nobody wants to have the Rudy, Rudy Giuliani ooze going down the side <laughs> oh. of your face, you know, because you just got your hair dyed five minutes before <laughs> and you didn't stand in the dryer long enough. But, uh, yeah, you do have to pay attention to those kind of things. And, uh, certainly for somebody being on camera, you know, what you're going to wear and, uh, and how it, how the light reflects on your skin and whether or not it casts shadows and makes you look menacing or friendly is a big deal. So I'm, I'm the going to work candidate. I'm working for you, all that other stuff. Should I be wearing overalls, blue jeans? Should I be wearing a pinstripe suit? I mean, what message do I send being the guy who wants to get his hands dirty, but then I show up in, uh, you know, in some Brooks brothers. Well, you know, as long as you look good, I mean, people do like somebody that, you know, is a sharp dresser. That is for sure, because you are dressing for the job you want, not necessarily the job you have. And uh, uh, so we want to keep that in mind. Ties are something that people are <laughs> sort of not really wearing that much anymore. Uh, and uh, but a jacket with a open collar shirt, you know, I think that will reflect pretty good. It's kind of friendly. It's business casual. And uh, it's not too over the top, like, you know, black tie would be, for example. So I'm not um, wearing a tie? So no tuxedo. Greg, I have a question for you. Should should Mike shave for the first time in 30 years? <laughs> he should definitely shave. What? <laughs> I thought so. My head? What? My head? Shave, well, I mean, head? <laughs> should, shave my head and walk backwards? Is that what you're saying? Are you throwing shade already? I thought you were with us, man. It's just Bones guy. That's uh, you just never know. You never know what you're going to get with this man. He's, he'll, tell, he'll give it to you straight, even if even if it hurts you. But that's that's nah, well, you know. I mean, you're 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 everybody's neighbor. You're the white dude from Detroit. You know what I mean? And I think you need to be able to project that image in a way that people are familiar with. 
this is a working, this is still a working class city, although, you know, from time to time we can tend to be kind of bougie when we want to, and we know how to, you know, kick it up. Detroit is known for style and stuff like that, but this might not be the place where you break out your gators. Um, <laughs> should, should he take the, uh, the earring out? Remember Kwame in the Kilpatrick and the earring? Gonna have yeah, earring? earrings are quite acceptable these days. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I, so I remember that and I wrote a story about how people, when the earring went back in, felt betrayed. And there were some, yeah. there were some folks saying, you know, oh, it's a fraud on the people. He needs to resign immediately. But I'll tell you, it's been 20 years. But when I go on porches, I will have the very women who uh, candidates were concerned about 20 years tell me to turn so they can see the earring and say, oh, I like the earring. I mean, we've come a long way. The earring now is kind of is kind of chic for a lot of uh, older women who I yeah, think that's the word. at one time would have been, uh, would have said, ah, not, not a good look. I don't like it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and think about it. When folks are running for president, they dye their hair. You know what I'm saying? And you and you see that because they want to appeal uh, to everybody and not look so old uh, going into it. And by the time they leave office, should they win the office, you know, their hair is totally gray. Do, do you remember any any uh, any sort of standout moments in in political debate? Because so just to give you a little more background on Greg. Greg was a great reporter at the Detroit News, uh, like me, a very committed union person. He left during the, the strike and the lockout in the 90s and got into politics and communications and ended up serving Mayor, uh, Mayor Archer uh, very well as his press secretary um, when, when reporters were allowed on the mayor's floor. We would see uh, Greg every day to ask him whatever question we wanted. It's so different than the way people operate now. In fact... We could always reach Greg, and sometimes it's just because he would come in at 4.30 to see what was happening on Maury Povich as we were on deadline. All right. And uh, so, Who's the daddy? That's right. <laughs> you are not the father. It's like, oh! But, uh, but he was very accessible. But he's been a few places. He's been to China with the mayor, and he's been to Washington and everywhere in between. And I'm just one. And also worked on Freeman Hendricks' mayoral campaign. He's been involved in a lot of campaigns. What are some of the more uh, standout moments that you can think of from debates or campaigns where someone's either just elevated themselves or had a gaffe where you thought thinking they're done. That's it. Oh man. I'd have to, I'd have to really give that some thought. I really would. I have to give, I'd, I'd have to really give that some thought. I mean, I, I do recall during the campaign on election night, you know, with uh, Freeman uh, Hendricks versus Kwame the first time around and everybody was, uh, you know, waiting for the numbers to start to come in. They started to come in and we saw, you know, that Freeman was ahead. And then the power went out, like oh. literally the lights went out everywhere. And uh, when the power came back on, Kwame was ahead. <laughs> oh, <convenient. laughs> we were like, what the hell, you know? So, uh, yeah, that was down at the Fox Theater and, you know, people were looking for a victory dance. But instead, you know, we had the sad walk out the door into the rain. To add insult to injury, it was raining <laughs> when it was over. But I'll never forget, it was so. It was interesting that, you know, as things started to wind down, you know, one of the things that was said for me said, well, you know, it looks like uh, all the things that we were hoping to do are gone just like that. Poof. They're gone. 
And that's the way it works, you know, in elections. On election night, it can either be Christmas or it can be Halloween. And uh, as you prepare for both of those feelings, you're never really prepared for either one of those feelings when they happen. And given the way that things have shaken out in this last presidential election and election integrity, and it takes longer to count ballots now and all this stuff, uh, you might, you know, have to drag that feeling out into the morning and wake up to either a surprise or a nightmare. And, uh, but it's, there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like being in a race. There's nothing like uh, having the opportunity, whether you're rich or whether you're, you know, not so rich, to have the same kind of voice in what's going on. Everybody gets one vote and that's it. And so that's why this kind of thing is really important. And there is no one thing that really has people make up their mind. It's a series of things over time that either build support or chip away, you know, at your ability to get support or chip away from the support that you have. And so the debate that you're having, particularly when it's, you know, a series of debates, you have the opportunity to recover. They have three presidential debates. But in this situation with District 4, where it looks like there's only one debate and there could be another one that come up. Somebody like Channel 4 might say, you know what, we need to do a debate because this is a really important race and you'd have another bite at the apple. But um, uh, uh, this will be an opportunity to give people that support you reasons to support you and ammunition to fight for you with their friends and neighbors who may be undecided. And, you know, for those folks that are still undecided, you give them a reason to say yes. Um, that's what we're, we're really looking for here. And, you know. Greg, why, um, why is there not a mayoral debate this time? In well, your Mike Duggan is, is too far ahead. I mean, he came out of the primary with 70, 70 plus percent of the vote. You know, there's really no reason for him. To, uh, to have to go through the trauma and drama of having a debate and maybe give his opponent the opportunity to make up some ground. Now, could he make up, you know, enough ground to get ahead? No, not from one debate, certainly not. But uh, he certainly could. Uh, I mean, uh, Anthony Adams, Attorney Anthony Adams, could get some things in there that could, you know, move the needle a little bit and be a launch pad for gaining more ground. Uh, be that as it may, we are in election season. If you're waiting till election day to uh, turn your people out and get the votes, well, you lost. It's over. People have been voting absentee for a couple of weeks now. You can go down to the clerk's office and fill out a form, get your ballot, do it there, and, uh, and vote. And every day that's happening. And so the longer that the mayor can drag out not having a debate, the more, you know, he gets votes in and makes it harder for people to change their mind. At the same time, you don't want to, you know, have a Black Lives Matter moment where you get people all riled up and, uh, you know, they swarm the polls unexpectedly in support of your opposition. So, I mean, that's why he's not doing it now. I mean, you know, the people of Detroit, 
deserve a debate. Yeah, we all deserve debates. For I don't care if you're running for you know a school board or if you're running for whatever, the opportunity to have a debate should happen. And sadly, the people that can be mostly responsible for that is the news media, and they aren't taking the opportunity to do it. Um, I you got the internet, you've got all kinds of bandwidth. You can have debates and uh, uh, tape debates and stuff like that, where people get the opportunity to understand the issues a little better and hear from candidates directly. But that's not happening. So that that, that is that is curious too, because all three of the local news stations have public affairs show. Chuck Stokes has his show on uh, Channel Seven. Devin Skillian has Flashpoint on Channel Four, and of course. Huel Perkins and Charlie Langton have let it rip on Fox 2. You would think that one of those stations, or all three of them, because I think we saw them come together on some some other issues uh, during the pandemic, would Mm -hmm. sponsor a debate where there would be pressure on the mayor to show up just because if there's an empty chair on TV, it would look terrible. And I understand the mayor does not want to be side-by-side with Anthony Adams to give Adams a chance to look mayoral. But -hmm. in terms of... uh, you know, if enough of the established media, the mainstream media, say we are having an event, whether you show up or not, you really kind of got to show up whether you want to or not. And I do, you know, so I won't get into my feelings about how the, the media has been somewhat derelict in their duty in covering some of these elections. But when you get to the mayoral one, that's that's the big one. I mean, that's the one where whether you care about council races or the clerk or this or that or the other thing, that's... That's that's the that's the guy who brought us through the pandemic, and that's the guy who needs to. And it is a guy because we've never had a woman mayor. I'm, what other than Sharon McPhail? I'm trying to think when we've had, you know, a fairly viable female mayoral candidate. But uh, but that's the guy who is going to be the one who gets us over the top or presides over our slide. Right. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. There should there should be, and I'm surprised that they haven't done that. I mean, I I agree. Uh, I wonder if somebody has said, don't ask us because the answer is going to be no, and we don't want to tell you no. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they don't think it's going to get great ratings, but I I think it probably would. Well, I was at a forum on Saturday at the Samaritan Center, and, and Anthony Adams was there, and, and maybe it's because he waited a long time to talk, but he was letting it all hang out. He was he was cutting up. He was you know cursing. He was saying that you know he knows so much about how things work in the city of Detroit that one of the law firms – hired by the city to handle bonds and things like that, literally had a contract on his life because he knew so much. And I thought, I've been at a lot of forums and I've seen a lot of political hyperbole, but to say that a law firm actually wants to kill you because you know too much, is like, wow, what have I gotten myself into? And I'm up next. What the hell am I going to say? So I kicked over a chair. I, that's the best I could do. <laughs> you kicked over a chair. <laughs> yeah, and then and then my, my opponent's campaign manager... Uh, went next because she didn't show up and he was so mad that he kicked over a chair because he was mad that I kicked over a chair. And I said, okay, it's time to go. You know, it's just getting too weird over here. But Yeah. You got to be careful about those kind of moments, man, because they can go viral. So <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I, I don't know which one of our care chicks, maybe it, chair kicks get, maybe they put them back to back and they do like a remix where we're each kicking chairs. I don't know, but Right, right, right. But if you're passionate for the people, 
that could that could be helpful. Well, just so you know, the reason I kicked over a chair is I said these council members sat next to Gabe Leland, a crook, for three years, and nobody said anything. And if I was there, I'd kick him out of his chair, and then I kicked over a chair. <laughs> did you really do that, or are you joking? No, I really did do that. G- Gabe was not there, but it's mainly because he was picking up cans outside. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I-, I wish him all the best. That's well, better than pressing cans in the in the prison, right? That's right. Making, making those license plates. Um, uh, well, that's that's. Let's let's take a quick pause there because I want to get Greg's take on redistricting, and I'm going to challenge him as a communications uh, professional to say, yeah. uh, convince people that they should care and do it succinctly and passionately because I know how how important this is, and I know how important you feel it is. But first, I want to tell you about. Dave Hubbard and uh, and the Butchery, which is uh, at the thebutcherysl.com. They have prime meats, great eats, delicious treats, and a fantastic little market, but also one of the finest meat counters around. They're looking for your help. Of course, they'd like you to come and be a customer, but they also would look some, like some help behind the counter. They are hiring generous pay. You can even make tips. And people who go there, I mean, Sean and I have even gone there and left tips and and if you know me i'm, I'm pretty tight with a buck greg don't tell any stories about how tight i am with a buck greg and i <laughs> went golfing one time and he bought me a visor because he said you're too cheap to buy a visor but you can't see so i'm buying you a visor and i said okay I'll, I'll, i still have that visor by the way that's right and uh and um and you can you can uh you can get in there it's a great place. If you want to know more, go to their website, thebutcherysl.com, or give them a call at 248-682-COWS. That's 248-682-COWS. They are closed on Monday and Tuesdays, but every other day of the week, they can meet all your needs right there at the butchery. So Dave and Chef Julie, thank you so much for supporting the show. And somebody, get a resume out there. They're looking for your help. It's a great place to work. You'll be very, very happy. So, um... Greg, this is a part of the show where Sean left so we can actually accomplish something. So tell us a little bit about what's... Oh, look at Shawnee. What's going on with, uh, with redistricting and, and why should anybody give a damn about a bunch of geeks with a map and a ruler and a pencil and an eraser and, you know, what's going on? Well, I mean, you should care because, you know, one, it'll, it'll impact how far you got to go to vote, first of all you know, exactly where it's going to happen at. And the other thing is, is that redistricting is the, is the way that uh, the state decides what the boundaries are, where you live, for who's going to represent you. And so if, however you stand on issues, uh, if you like a Republican controlled legislature that is trying to work today to repeal Roe versus Wade in some kind of way or limit people's ability to vote, then you would care whether or not the districts are going to be balanced. Of course, if you're on the other side and you like the idea of Republicans being in charge and repealing Roe versus Wade and, you know, making sure that people, you know, who shouldn't be voting don't vote, you know, uh, then maybe you like things the way they are and you want to see it stay more the same in that kind of way. So it's a it's a big deal there. Certainly yesterday, there was a big press conference in front of the city of Detroit statue. And uh, you had the legislators from Detroit, largely black, because the one white guy who was serving there died of COVID, if you recall, God rest his soul. Isaac Robinson, yeah. Yeah, good guy. I liked him a lot. 
Very interesting uh, cat. Yeah, saying that uh, they were saying that, look, all these proposed maps out there are going to dilute the ability for Detroiters to elect Detroiters to the state legislature, uh, i.e. black folks are going to have a hard time getting elected. And they're doing some weird math. There's the, the, the idea behind this is, is that everybody knows about the Voting Rights Act and everybody knows about the Civil Rights Act. Well, the Voting Rights Act says all those things that they used to do after 1865 to, you know, 1965 to try and uh, make it hard for black and brown people to vote. Uh, you can't do that anymore. And one of the other things they included was uh, you you have to create districts and areas that gives everybody a fair shot at getting elected. And so if there is, for example, a neighborhood that is primarily black or primarily Hispanic, and you're creating a district around that, well, then that neighborhood should have a fair shot and shouldn't be carved up into six pieces so that uh, no one from that neighborhood gets elected. Uh, with these maps and what they were saying yesterday is quite frankly that uh, black folks are not going to have the opportunity, a fair opportunity to get elected uh, because of the way that the city is being carved up and more neighborhoods are being enjoined with suburban communities, largely white communities, to uh, is for a state rep seat, and so that's you know that's that's the issue. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting the way these things come out. And what they said was was that look, the Supreme Court ruled that you can't draw districts based on race, and that's because you know the bigots out there would tend to put everybody in one district, so you'd only have one representative for that from that community, as opposed to you know what would be truly reflective maybe three or four people on city council, as opposed to one. Um, that's called packing a district. And so uh, what they do say is that it has, uh, you have to create a district that can be 50% and uh, minority. That's called a minority majority district. What's happening is, is that they're saying that, well, it doesn't have to be 50%. It could be 30%. It could be 40%. It could be around 35% with the thing being that if you're able to spread the number of people out, then you give them more of an opportunity to elect people who look like them from their neighborhood. So this is a case I call it the curious case of, you remember that movie? Was it Benjamin? Benjamin Button. Curious case. Yes. Mm -hmm. Benjamin Button. Uh, where less is more. You're sort of like going backwards here and saying that if you can accept less, you'll have a greater opportunity. And um, I don't know. I wasn't all that great in calculus. I think I got to see in it. I had to take it a couple of times. But that kind of math just doesn't really add up to me. No. And, and the basic thing with, with the boundaries is we've seen everybody. Republican or Democrat, whenever they're in control, they try and stack the deck. And the, and, and the voters of Michigan chose to go with a nonpartisan citizen-based uh, redistricting team. This is the first time they've done it, so there's been a lot of growing pains. And I think we need to give folks on this commission some room to grow and to learn. But in the meantime, we're going to be stuck with the consequences of their work for the next decade. And I think when people look at the map, they say, why do we have these funny looking districts? Why don't we just divide the state 
you know, sort of when it was undeveloped land where you say a township is six miles by six miles. Well, the problem is you have to have evenly balanced population centers. You have to be within like 5% or, or depending on certain circumstances, half a percent. But then you also have to make sure that they're representative so that there's, if, if, uh, if there's a, a predominantly black area or a predominantly Hispanic area, that you don't split it in half so that you end up creating two areas that are predominantly white because now you've disenfranchised people. But the, the thing is that that's so disheartening to me about this mm-hmm. is we have these districts that look like spilled milk or it looks like somebody threw confetti up in the air. I saw mm-hmm. one map that shows the east side has all of the gross points and then there's this little trickle that goes like all the way down river they can't be more than like a couple blocks wide. And I'm like, wait a minute, we created new districts to get rid of these funky districts and there's a funky district in there. And I was at the Morningside uh, community uh, neighborhood meeting last night and they were talking about one plan somebody had seen that combined the east side of Detroit with Sterling Heights. And I'm sitting here, uh-huh. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, the east side of Detroit is, is a, it, we have similar interests. You know, we, we, we have similar needs and to stretch us that far and combine us with a suburb that basically has the only thing it has in common with Detroit is some of those folks come to Red Wings games and pee on our buildings while they're here and they steal all our cops as soon as they graduate from the police academy. So the things we have in common are not the things that make us a better community. And so I'm really concerned that, that, that we went to all this trouble and we may not be any better off than we were before. And I'm certainly concerned, and here's a free political plug for me, which I can do because it's my show, is uh, if there was a big issue like this and I was on city council, I wouldn't be sitting up there on the 13th floor with my police protection waiting for somebody to open the door so I can walk out to my city-provided car. I mean, you need to be heard on this. This is important. And I don't believe these districts will affect council districts, but your ability to get things done as a city legislator relies on being able to go to Lansing and talk to people who represent your city and say, the insurance in Detroit is too damn high. Will you work with me on it? And your Detroit representative says, 85% of my district is in Dearborn and their insurance rates are cool. So I'm just not going to be very much help to you. I mean, this is, I know it's boring in some ways. I know it's very wonky. I know it requires slide rules. And Greg, when you say calculus, I'm like, is that is that tangents? I don't even know math well enough to know that stuff. But I know geometry is shapes, and algebra I know is is actually I don't variables. know what algebra is. Oh, is that very okay? Is that x plus y <laughs> equals y, yeah. y? Am I talking so long? Okay, I get it. Um, but but this is important, and this is the kind of thing that we need to be thinking about because when they're done, we're going to live with it. And it's going to be another reason for us all to fall out against each other. And in this country, if we haven't had enough fighting over stupid shit for the last 10 years, then I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you, you and Sean Windsor said, there. amen. The council should no, have been there. No, 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 Somebody, they all should have been there. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me, let me, let me throw a quick plug in before we, before we thank Greg for spending some time with us. To a oh, guy, man, that was only five minutes. I'm not that boring. I'm, I got jokes. No, but it was that was five minutes on redistricting, man. I said, I said you got to hit that fast. Um, I, I you, I you're did. the one who mentioned calculus. Once you mentioned calculus, I'm like, you know, 
dump. That's it. Yeah, that's rich coming yeah. from Mike. So uh, <laughs> exactly. So um, uh, whatever district you find the Cadu Cafe in, it's a great place to get entertained, and they have some local stars coming out to shine on November twentieth. Master flautist. Alexander Zonchik is coming to play. And I'm sure, Greg, you remember Zonchik's on Woodward when you were going to Wayne State? Big live music club on Woodward, way before they had the toy, the toy, the toy train down there. Well, <laughs> Alexander can still cut it up, and he will be at the Cadu Cafe on November 20th. Then on December 3rd and December 4th, Master Shredder Laith Alsadi takes the stage. Laith is a great guitar player and a fantastic singer who came in third on The Voice a few seasons ago. And by the way, he went to the University of Michigan Music School with Cadu Cafe co-owner John Rutherford, who you may know leads the Motor City Horns and uh, has been known to spend a little time with Bob Seeger as the leader of the horn section in the Silver Bullet Band. Laith and John have gigged together for many decades. Well, now John's the proprietor and Laith is the talent on the uh, on the slate so catch them at uh, at the Cadu Cafe coming up in the next few weeks to find out more about all the great things happening at the Cadu Cafe including feather bowling one of the only places in the world you can do this I, that's not an exaggeration find out more at caducafe.com and when you get there tell them ML sent you and that you want to put one beer on a tab for ML for when the campaign's over because I think he's really going to need it <laughs> right Sean? yes wow finally Finally, some the, the possum has has moved. Uh, Mark, do you have anybody else who who wants to help people through these difficult times? Oh, always, right? Especially when it comes to investing, you uh, don't want to overreact. You want to call our buddy Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. He's going to provide rational financial advice. What do you do with your stocks? Should you go into bonds? All those four hundred one ks five twenty nines. Are you in the right investments? You got to get advice. You got to get a strategy. So call Luke Nowacki. Once again, it's Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Because he'll make it all about redistricting. And you, sweetheart. <laughs> okay. You are not great. the heart. I pressed the wrong Securities one. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? I was going to give Greg the last word, but he beat me up last night, and then he said calculus. So, uh, so I will catch Greg on the. But no, we didn't get to talk about James Craig, man. He's going to get slaughtered in that Republican primary, and they're already saying, they're already saying that he lied uh, about his certification because he wasn't a certified, you know, uh, police officer as chief in Detroit. So is that the political calculus? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what, Greg? We've had the chief on the show before, and we've also had the folks from Detroit Will Breathe on the show talking about uh, about their roles in the Black Lives Matter marches. We may have him on again, but I most definitely would like to have you on in the future to give us a little bit of uh, a little bit of your analysis on this upcoming race, because I know James Craig may be one of the most dynamic candidates we've seen in a long time, but I don't think his road to the nomination is quite as easy as most people would expect. 
Oh, he's calling for an audit, man. He's on the Trump train now. Oh, man. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's revisit the chief in the future. Greg Bowens, thanks for coming. I will be talking to you later. I will see you this week. I'll have the uh, silk shorts on. You'll be in my corner, uh, you know, cutting my eye when it gets all swollen up. And you'll just say, just keep, keep swinging, Rock. Keep swinging. Keep swinging. You can do it. That's MLL. You can do it, kid. You MLL can do it. Rock. <laughs> I was training in Siberia before this. So, uh, so thanks, Mick. I mean, thanks, Greg. All right. Take care. Actually, he's more Apollo Creed as a trainer, I think. <laughs> he looks good in those shorts, man. I've seen him in those shorts. Ladies, Greg Bowens, that company. Don't. No, no, no. Stay. Leave Greg alone. Leave Greg alone. <laughs> okay. Wow. That was... That was weird. Um, so our Geek of the Week, there's two of them. It's a tie. Philip, uh, no, no, excuse me. Perry C. Phillips, Benjamin C. Foster. They have more than the initial C in common. They were two cats who were so excited that their bro was getting married on Block Island that they set off flares to catch the attention of the wedding guests as they approached the celebration by sea. Because, of course, there's a wedding reception, so these two goobers must try and steal the thunder because they're so important well here's the biggest problem the flares that went off happen to be the same kind that are set off when someone is in distress on the high seas <laughs> and so the u.s coast guard as they will mounted an extensive and expensive search that included not one but two helicopters so here's the problem this ended up costing the good people of the united states one hundred thousand dollars for this uh this extensive scouring of the Atlantic off of Rhode Island. How much did it cost? Over $100,000. Yeah. These boats and helicopters use a lot of gas, and of course there's a lot of men and materiel involved, and women. So the feds sued these two knuckleheads, and ultimately they agreed to pay five grand each to settle a case. Yes, just five grand each. But that will put a serious dent in their plans. If there's any justice, this means it's highly unlikely they'll have enough disposable income to attend this year's Catalina Wine Mixer. Oh, man. Pow! That's incredible that they settled for so so cheaply. What, the pow, did that... that pow! Was that, was that organic, or did you read that off a script? Pow! And and what was the thing? You know the answer Pow, pow! That? You know the answer to that. That's why you're asking. But when you, so my kid... Pow! My, Mr. Gardaki. So when you're Mr. writing Gardaki. this, when you're writing a Geek of the Week, what <laughs> possesses you to write out Pow! <laughs> I love that you asked the question when you damn well knew the answer. No, I'm, no, I don't know the answer to why he decided it would be a good idea to write pow, pow! at the end of his Geek of the Week script. See, Sean, I, I know you're new to this podcasting, and I know that because I've listened to your podcast. But this is called preparation. This is called forethought. This is called trying to produce something of value as opposed to let me just show up and, and use the bathroom. <laughs> this is also potentially, although it wasn't scripted, I would have scripted it, but I can see I, I'd be vulnerable for saying it's over scripted, uh, an opportunity for a producer to pull a clip from Step Brothers that basically says, pow! Oh, wait, so now it's my fault? No, 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 because that would be so overly open. scripted. I'm trying, I'm trying to toe the fine line between, I don't know what the hell we're doing, let's abuse people's uh, attention span for 90 minutes. And providing some framework that we can use to actually have a, a discussion that moves oh, forward. Well, first of all, I thought that was an hour we were supposed to, you know, give yeah, or 90 take. 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. 60, 65 minutes. Second of all, I had, pow, to use, pow! I had to use the restroom because I was told in no uncertain terms yesterday that we had a 10 o'clock hard start. <laughs> so so let, I get here early trying to support the candidate at what, 930, Mark? 
I mean, yeah, yeah, more or less. I brought burritos. Yeah, a little bit of a New Mexican uh, green chili in there. A little cabbage cheddar. We had a great time. Some good applewood uh, smoked bacon. I've got one for you. And uh, brought a little coffee. I don't drink coffee uh, all that often, but I did. And then you know, you come rolling in an hour and a half later, (laughs) and by that point, you know, we're starting later. So then I have to use the restroom before the show is over. So now I thought I said. In my text back, they said, we will absolutely be here, no exceptions, at 10 a.m. unless I can't make it. So I gave, I gave myself an executive out on that. That was, that's, that's the, that, you know, the Jordan rules, these are the Elric rules. Oh, we know them all too well. Yeah, we do. So. We do. Well, you wanted 9 o'clock, so, and I thought, well, there's no well, way in hell he's going to make 9 o'clock. So, and I had to take my wife to work and, and that sort of thing anyway, so. Yes, uh, plus if I said, if I said, uh, let's start at 10 You'd come in at ten thirty and be like, "I figured, I figured we'd start." That's at really not how it works, is it, Mark? I feel like you're gaslighting him. I mean, that's no, yeah. I, I, I feel like if there's anybody who gets here closer to the appointed time, closer you get, to it's the Mark for sure. I'm in second, and then that's absolutely not true. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and push back. I love you, my brother, and uh, I'm really proud of what you're doing right now. But that's not fucking true. Um, do you do you swear like that at Carlos? No. Well, no, yeah, is, he, I, is Carlos on time? Carlos? Yeah, Carlos is on time. He's probably better than me or Mike. Hmm. Well, since it's all about preparation, yeah. Why don't you guys? Why don't you guys check into room seven six zero nine and spoon? How about this? Pow! <laughs> before you go Did shopping, you write that down. Before, <laughs> no, I thought of that all on my own. It's you're, not you're much. ruining my great segue into a. Oh read. yeah, 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 yeah. Since you know. it's all about preparation, before you go shopping for a home, you need to call Hall Financial to get your. Uh, Financing in place first. Sean thought it was Ow. all about preparation H. Make sure you understand your financial situation. That is step number one. Like David Hall, Sean puts 2% into... Preparation H. <laughs> that reminds me, after this break, I'll tell you a charming story about my, uh, you know... Oh. Yeah. Your butt? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Hall Financial is a company deeply so, rooted in... Sorry, for- David Hall. <laughs> deeply we did rooted. not mean to bring you into well, Sean's... Stop interrupting ne- his read. And so I'm just trying to put as much space between Sean's loins... And a great deal for homeowners. <laughs> no, it's a good tease. People are going to want to hear the read because they want to hear about Sean's butt. All I'm going at some point in here, I'm going to say it's such a good deal. I've done two deals with David Hall, but I don't want people to to get jumbled and then say I've done two deals with Sean's behind because I just. <laughs> oh, you're don't. right. You've done many more than that. Okay, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at anymore. All financial, that's what it is. Their company yeah. deeply rooted in philosophy, and the philosophy is... Nine million five-star ratings. Service, that's why they have over 10 million five-star reviews. Um, once again, make sure you know your financial situation before you go get that house. Just go to ML Solar Detroit, the website there. You can click on the Hall Financial link to get started. Uh, or you can just go to David Hall Mortgage, or you can just call 248-308-5000. Make sure they tell them. Or make sure you tell them that ML sent you. It's NMLS number one four. Six seven four three five, and with David Hall and Hall Financial, they make it all about pow, sweetheart. I kind of want to hear about Sean's Sean's butt. balls. Before Which we, is it? Which before, is it? Before we go to room, why you have, wait? You have a story for each part of your reaching down there. Well, the, the this the the my backs. mother listens to this show. Well, no. she's interested in medical things. Yeah, not without giving Strictly too much medical. away. There's no purian interest in this. Look, yeah, without giving too much away, I, I need to say there's a, no interest in this, purient <laughs> or otherwise. But I needed a I needed a, a procedure that involved a camera. You know, <laughs> let's say uh, up the front side. What? And there's no good way to do that, right? They they 
they tell you it's not going to hurt too much, but they got to numb you up. So the nurse um, comes in. Um, Wait, how do they do that? Mom, well, just- they they squirt a little bit of lidocaine, not with a needle, but with a with a hose for you, right? Yeah, with a fire hose <laughs> into your into your you know opening. That's fascinating, there. I didn't and know that. try to numb you up. So I'm sitting there, and this happens, and the nurse says, "Okay, the doctor's going to be in in a bit." And she says, "And by the way, this lidocaine will last eight to ten minutes." So she walks out the door, and I start immediately counting, Mark. Like, okay, I want to make sure. Oh, when uh, you won't be numb anymore. Yeah, exactly. Ten when minutes. Won't be, ten minutes top. So ten minutes goes by. I'm like, where is the doctor? <laughs> so he finally walks in, all cheery and happy, and uh, says, okay, let's let's do this. I'm like, what? <laughs> I need. I think I need a little more, more lidocaine. Please. I need a little more lidocaine here. So he's like, no, 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 you'll be okay. So he goes in, and it's uh, it's not fun at all, and you're trying to get into this space where you're breathing and not worrying about the pain. He's like, hey, look over here at the monitor. He wants me to watch. He's having fun. He's he's joking around. He's like telling me stories about how uh, down the road I might be able to do some things again. Did you ask him if he's read your most recent column? No, <laughs> but that reminded yeah, no, remind me. I had a colonoscopy 10 years ago, and the guy found out what I did for a living, and he starts the camera up the backside <laughs> and says, so how about the Red Wings? <laughs> Wow, well, uh, I would say uh, you're, you're so full of it that another colonoscopy is in order, but I don't know how we went from the soul of Detroit to the whole of Windsor. I'm glad we did that. How long have you been thinking about that one? <laughs> By the way, I think, I think your wife said, can he use more of that numbing cream? Because we got an anniversary coming up. <laughs> and I booked a whole three minutes wow, so at the couple's hot tub shop. Gonna, you're actually going to play here and be yourself. That's nice. Thank you, minute, but thank you. No, being me does not involve imagining you in any state of undress, but I've just been taken on a journey. I'm going to go ahead and take the fifth here because you're running for office, but uh, that was That was like the uh, visual baton death march. We all have to do this, right, Mark, at some point? (laughs) I guess, yeah. Some of these things? Yeah, did you shave for the procedure? I don't have any hair down there or any balls (laughs) to speak of, so I don't need to shave at all. Wow, well, so here's the weird part. Uh, this week's guest in room 7609 also has a song called Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. <laughs> and and um, and Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, which somehow we covered both of that with Sean's trip to the doctor. Oh, Mikey's smiling. It only in- took 45 minutes, Mark. Instead. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Instead, we're going to go with. It only took your butt. With the, yeah. now, in a, the now incongruous. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. I like the beginning of this. Why don't you get back into bed? 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 Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Summer Buddy Holly, the working folly, the golly Miss Molly, and boats. Hammersmith Pally, the Bolshoi Bally, jump back in the alley, add nanny goats. 18 wheelers camels, Dominica camels, all other mammals plus equal boats. Seeing Piccadilly, Fanny Smith and Willie, being rather silly, and porridge oats. A bit of grin and bear it, a bit of come and share it. You're welcome, we can spare it. Yellow socks, too short to be haughty, too nutty to be naughty. Going on 40, no electric shots. The juice of the carrot, the smile of the parrot, a little drop of parrot, anything that works. Elvis and Scotty, days when I spotty, sitting on the potty, curious smallpox, reasons to be cheerful. Why don't, Why don't you get back into bed? to be cheerful. Why don't you get back 
Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. Health service classes, gigolos and brasses, round or skinny bottoms. Take him on to Paris, lighting up the chalice. Wee Willie Harris. Bantu Stephen Beekle, listening to Rico. Harpo Groucho Chico. Cheddar cheese and pickle, the Vincent Motorcycle. Slap and tickle. Woody Allen Darling, Dimitri and Pasquale. Bala 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 and Valari. Something nice to study, phoning up a buddy, being in my nutty. Saying okie dokie, sing along a smoky, coming out a chokey. John Coltrane Soprano, Eddie Celentano, Bona Carlino. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, one, two, three. Yes, yes, dear, dear, perhaps next year, or maybe even never. In which case? Where's your mic? My mic is off. Sorry. I'm still reeling from Sean's stories. Yeah, so I just heard some things I'll never be able to forget. Uh, Sean painted a word picture, unlike, uh, more vivid than anything he's put in the paper. Uh, unfortunately, he's found that talent in the wrong, uh, in the wrong realm. But in the middle well, thank of that... Thank you for insulting me in like three different times in one, one sentence. I, I well, no, it's the first it's time... a fairly efficient sentence for you, by the no, way. No, it's the first time anybody's used the words Sean Windsor and girth in the same sentence. So I, think, <laughs> I well, didn't say that. On there, maybe. No, I did. I'm saying I paid you a compliment. It was taken out of context. You, why does size matter? There's an ellipsis in it. But, but here's, here's why I'm really flabbergasted. Just, just as Ian Drury and the Blockheads were wrapping up 
Reasons to be cheerful, part three. We didn't even get to parts one and two. I got a text that says, did your dogs eat my check I put in the mail slot last night for your campaign? Oh, my God. And I think they did. Uh they well, you actually, can, you can fish it out. And speaking of fishing out, well, go, know, yeah, go to Sean's in, doctor. He'll yeah, get go it. ahead and get, share share something that uh, share your little tale. That was fun. Let's not speak of fishing and and and, and but, no. By the way, you're okay, right? I mean, I don't yeah, think we yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's nobody all, it's, cares it's, about. It's, that. No, it's all right. Yeah, we don't need to get in any of that. I'm all right. I'm all right. But but Mike had a, a fun little. You sure? Yeah, a charming little anecdote you had. I thought off the air. Why don't you share at least uh, a little bit of it here? Because it it may it may seem scripted now. It was spontaneous, but now it's it's <laughs> pow. Well, no, as long as you don't write it down. You know, uh, doesn't it involve some verse said? Lee Iacocca <laughs> said the first step to getting something done is to write it down. No, I appreciate that. I I try to write occasionally myself, but uh, and step two is divert from the question at hand and move on. Yeah, look what I wrote down. Wrote oh, down pow, pow. <laughs> okay, so I was at Channel Four. And uh, I had, you know, our big thing back then was... Well, the we, original telling was a little quicker, so go ahead. <laughs> Wait, don't ask him to tell the story and then shit all over it when I'm he does. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I love Mike to death. He knows that. <laughs> He's holding up his pow sign again. <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. my my That was my fault. Sorry. Our big thing was hidden camera investigations. And our news director was like, every story has to have a hidden camera. In it. it has to have a confrontation and a hidden camera. And I was... Uh, Struggling, I had low energy. They thought it was an iron deficiency. They checked me. It wasn't. They thought I was losing blood. So they said, even though I was only 39 at the time, maybe, they said, you need to have a colonoscopy. I said, what's that? No energy. That's it. So I went and got the colonoscopy. And just as I was going under, they said, do you want to watch the procedure on the monitor? And I said, yes, I think this will be some of my best hidden camera work this year. And before I knew it, I was out cold. That's a great. That's a great story. I love that. Really that's fun. awesome. That's a great line. It is. Pow. This is some of my best work. <laughs> that was hidden camera work. Hidden camera work. Well, it, maybe just some of your best work. Period. It was lost on the doctor because he didn't. He wasn't really aware of how rescue four and the defenders. Oh, that's, that's fine. Oh, you got to know your audience. <sighs> so, anyways, Ian Drury, uh, an amazing figure. If uh, if you got to listen to his great lyrics as opposed to the uh, the the rather disgusting uh, blow by blow of Sean's procedure that I had to listen to, you would understand why Jules Holland and Suggs from Madness consider Ian Drury the poet laureate of Great Britain. He was a fascinating figure. He was, as a young boy, struck by polio. And so the left side of his body, I believe it was the left side of his body, was essentially uh, uh, withered and, uh, and not, uh, not uh, fully formed. And this guy somehow became this kick-ass, wild punker, uh, new wave icon. He's someone, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about, about there not being enough women in uh, in rock and roll and new wave, there are more people of color in new wave than most popular music, particularly at that time. But you almost never hear of anybody with a disability who is fronting a band, who is uh, you know basically the charismatic leader of a musical movement and someone who influenced artists for generations afterwards. Well, Ian Drury was that person and a crazy guy. Uh, just a, an amazing figure on the new wave scene, uh, trans, 
transformed, uh, or excuse me, uh, tr- uh, transversed multiple genres and Reasons to be Cheerful Part 3 is uh, truly some music that people deserve to hear. And hopefully you know him a little bit from Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick and, and some of the other stuff, which I don't think even compare in terms of, uh, in, in terms of just the pure genius. Uh, it's more sort of exuberant, but, uh, but a really thoughtful, creative, and influential artist. Have you ever seen Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, the movie? Because there's a, a biopic on him, or a biopic, whatever you prefer. Is there? No, yeah. I did not know yeah. that. Uh-huh. That would be some not hidden camera work. I mean, it was released in um, the 2000s, so I guess I'm not surprised. Still kind of new for me. <laughs> It'll w- was be it in color? It absolutely was, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did not see that one. Just just didn't didn't get it at the Blockbuster. So, um, How are we donating? Oh, um, <laughs> well, apparently you can bring a sandwich. Um, or you can uh, you can send uh, you can send a little little cache over to mlsoulofdetroit.com. There's a donate button. We want to thank Bryant who sent a generous donation in this note. Nothing snappy to say, guys. Just keep up the good work. Best kind of notes, right? We we will do our best. John sent a fin and a note. More about that in a minute. And yes, that is written down even with the pause. Nancy broke the bank and sent these bond mots, which some people might have. Read as bon mots, but it's really bon mots. It's a French word. It means good words, literally. Love the show. I usually listen to the podcast at work. You guys keep me laughing, although I often wonder if you're friends or enemies. And uh, I wonder that too. And uh, we're going to keep you, keep you guessing. Who you and Mark? <laughs> Mark and I are all of it. Boon companions. <laughs> boon companions. Uh, we would appreciate if you would subscribe to the show, share the show. Rate the show. We haven't had a new rating in a while. We're up to almost 600 ratings. We could use some more. Please follow us uh, on uh, Facebook at Elric or on Twitter. Excuse me, on Facebook at uh, ML, no periods, Elric, where you can also watch the live broadcast. And follow us on Twitter at Elric. That's E-L-R-I-C-K. You can also catch up with my campaign at ML4Detroit.com. And we're on social media at ML4Detroit.com. Ah, the dulcet tones of Buzz Me Cool, our exclusive Soul of Detroit music bed created by the one and only Max Prokop. John writes, I've enjoyed the past two weeks very much. I was surprised to hear you let Michael Bellotta off the hook when he said he defends good people who makes bad decisions. Bullshit! These bums like Rizzo and the bums on the Detroit City Council make concerted efforts to defraud the taxpayers and enrich themselves. They deserve every bit of scorn, and legal retribution we can throw at them. To that, John, I say amen, and I thought I was pretty uh, pretty uh, adamant about that. But, uh, well, but A I, lot of prosecuted those people, right? He did. He prosecuted Rizzo. I think he prosecuted 20 years' worth of, uh, he didn't, yeah. of, uh, of uh, miscreants, uh, to be kind, in Detroit politics and Macomb County politics and at the state level and you name it. Um, but now, now they're just misunderstood. That's, that just happened. Just happened. Uh, Mr. Bellotto found a uh, a reservoir of uh, understanding and sympathy that often isn't found in prosecutors until they become defense attorneys. And if it sounds like I'm criticizing him, let me just be clear: I am not, because you know what? You want to have a defense attorney that knows both sides and that has some sympathy. But when he was a prosecutor, no mercy, no mercy for the bad guys. And now he's trying to get them the best deal he can. Fair enough. That's our system. 
Also, this is from John. On your latest show, you touched on something that I've been thinking about for a while. The fact that you are white, running for office in a majority black city. Do you feel that there is a segment of the population who will never vote for a white candidate? What has been your experience with this? Well, my experience, I think, is somewhat universal. That there are some people who are never going to vote for you for one reason or the other. There's some people who are down for the cause, good to go, ride or die. And then there's that big group in the middle that you're trying to get to come over. So the goal in elections is to get 51%. And if you're not going to vote for somebody because of how they pray, where they come from, what they look like, how they talk, you can't get 100%. And if you got prejudice, all I can do is tell you who I am, what I stand for, what I hope to do. And if that's not enough, that's all I got. And if you agree with what I want to do and I don't communicate that to you effectively, then that's on me. But, uh, but I think it's always a challenge when you, uh, when you stand out from the crowd. But I like to think I might stand out, but I'm also outstanding, and hopefully that's enough to carry the day. Last word from John, and this is why he sent us five bucks. Thanks for playing Bjork. Finally! Hmm. Hmm. I'll just say this, John. If I'd known there was five bucks in it. You'll play it every week? No, we, we, oh. might, have, we might have waited another week. I mean, come on, John. You got <laughs> How much does it cost to put something in a jukebox now, my man? So, uh, Sean, you, uh, when you're not being probed, um, you're somewhat probative. What, what are you working on there at the uh, Morning Friendly? Uh, college football. How about that? I have a long relationship with college football. Yeah. Bloomington this week for Michigan State, Indiana. Uh, trap game? Yeah. It well, is a trap game, except Penix is out, so it's not going to be. It's not a well, trap you know, Indian is terrible still. You never know, right? Tricky little game. I was Lincoln. You were in Lincoln, right? Yeah, it's a great place to see a game. Did you see Larry the Cable Guy? That's it? I did. You did? Did you? Really? Did you see Clarence Thomas? No, I, I was in Omaha for too. most of the time. I had a little family in Omaha, and that was enjoyable, and then drove there's, over to Lincoln. small people? Wait, who paid for this trip? Who paid for the trip? Uh, the Free Press. Which is why I flew to Omaha, not to Lincoln, because it's a lot cheaper. Cheaper, okay. It's <laughs> all your family over there. Okay. So no, I was trying to, uh, you know, you, you try to save the, the the company money when you can. You stayed with some diminutive relatives. Diminutive. Hmm, that's you interesting. You had a little family there. Yeah, a little family there. Like five, six, and below, or uh, why is it bad? Why are you judging them by their height? Five two. Don't don't you love them just the same? I do. Okay. I do. Wow, I didn't really expect to see Sean as a divider. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. That's usually your role. Now, Although you're trying to put that behind you now. Now who's so judgy? So you were with these little Lilliputians, <laughs> and uh, and everything was cool? Everything was cool. Okay. It's all a fun game, Saturday night. So uh, a gift to uh, the Wolverines. So, so we were talking, I think, earlier. I don't know if it was on the air or not, but you were asking me, would I still... Uh, would, would I still... Uh, uh, do I feel good that I, I was mocking you for predicting that the Wolverines would be nine and three? And I, I think uh, I think that's fair because they've they've gotten a couple games they probably shouldn't have won. But here's what we didn't talk about. Huh? Here's what we did. They, they shouldn't have won that game in Lincoln. Martinez blew it. That was a complete complete disaster for uh, for yeah, Nebraska. Because yeah, football always comes down to one play. It can. That's why we have say? replay, right? What were you going to say? Because if football we, doesn't come down to one play. Why do we have replay? We have a show to wrap up. Why do we have? A, why do they ever play the whole game then? So 
so the, but that's that's why I say we don't need replay because if you're playing a whole game and you're going to beat the other team, it shouldn't come down to one play. But but that argument is lost along with compensating athletes. Um, but here's here's the thing: is I am not surprised to see Michigan State undefeated at this point, and we never really talked about. Yeah, you are. But, yeah, no, you I'm not. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not. Why? Why are you not? I'll I'll bite. Sure, oh, because God. I figured they would beat uh, Northwestern. I knew they'd beat Western Kentucky. I had plans. If I wasn't running for office, I would be in Miami to watch them beat. Uh, you were con- you were confident that they were going to beat them going into that game because there was a lot of hype about Miami before the season. Yes, but I, I so I think Miami's been down road. for a long time. But when they when they lost almost lost to App State, I felt pretty good about. It. Although App State, I think is is an amazing D one program for having been in the subdivision or whatever it is a champion, whatever the hell they call it. They, they, their names are so unhelpful that you can't the FCS, tell. FCS, yeah, yeah. They're the championship, but the, the yeah. top one is the subdivision. What? Yeah. It's stupid, stupid. But FBS, yeah. Uh, Nebraska, my, my biggest concern was Nebraska because we always beat ourselves against Nebraska, but they were coming to East Lansing. And, uh, I wasn't worried about Rutgers because we gave Rutgers the game last year, seven turnovers. So yeah, I'm not surprised to see us here. Um, I'm, I, 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 it wouldn't have surprised me if we lost some games, but if you're looking around at people saying, I never saw the Spartans being six and oh. I'm not one of those folks. Well, you just said you wouldn't be surprised if they had lost some games. So. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm saying that 6-0 and does not shock me, but I think most people are shocked by this. Well, I think it's because the offense has been playing so well. Well, I knew they had two great receivers, yeah. and they were both hurt under D'Antonio, which really, really undercut Lewerke and D'Antonio and the run game. Uh, I like Peyton Thorne. I have a lot of faith in him. Uh, I did not expect Kenneth Walker to be what he is, but I also thought that Simmons... And um, and my man uh, Elijah Collins would have been great backs with Hayward thrown in for a little power. So I, I thought they were going to be strong on the run game. I just didn't think it would be the guy who is strong in the run game who may be a dark horse for the Heisman, which is fantastic. So okay, but I think this this segment is what Sean working on. Um, yeah, no, we just talked about and that. It sounds so like what he's working about, on is better peeing. We just finished about twenty minutes ago what I was working on, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Charlie does no BS News Hours <laughs> is on Fridays, and the Drew and Mike show is right now saying, when the hell are these guys going to get out here? Exactly. Folks, I just want to, before we go, apologize that we had to change the date for this week's broadcast. Uh, something happened, as often happens in our lives, and we had to make an adjustment. So if you also made an adjustment, we want to thank you for your patience, and we always appreciate you being here with us uh, through thick and thin. So thank you to you for being you, and for not telling me any stories about your trips to the urologist. <laughs> ever. And Cyrus, widen our urethra. That's it. So that urine can get out? Oh my God. Can you dig it? Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Behind the walls of this ancient fortress. <laughs> A madman has created a doomsday machine. Ignition! <laughs> he has threatened to destroy the world. Kill him! <laughs> Could it be possible? Can it be true? <laughs> Will this be the end of the world's greatest? You'll find out when the strikes again. <laughs>